Welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 115. This week on the show, I was lucky enough to get the whole band. Um, It's an up-and-coming band that maybe isn't on your radar yet, but definitely needs to be. And that band is Perenna. Um, Had a great time talking with these guys and getting some insight on kind of their history and what the the project really means to them and how they want to kind of navigate their way through the music industry. And um, again, it was just a, a really cool conversation. And you guys know, I say this all the time, like I love doing the one-on-one interviews and, and all of that sort of stuff. But when you get the whole band, it's super fun too, because you get so many different perspectives and everybody has a different answer and sometimes when you're interviewing somebody you know they maybe didn't write the lyrics so they can't speak about certain things or whatever uh but having the whole band it was super fun talking to them getting everybody's insight uh and talking about kind of you know again where life is going to take them and what they want to accomplish with this project um definitely if you're a fan of Oh, man. Uh, Anything like alternative indie rock. um, We reference Incubus at one point in this conversation. um, And I know that's a pretty big claim, but they've just got this, uh, what I've been calling vibe rock. And, you know, I think that's the perfect way to describe them. Um, And I think if you're just looking for something to be able to chill to and and enjoy without necessarily like the heavy stuff of metal where you're getting amped up to go to the gym or the super laid back just trying to fall asleep type of stuff if you're you know doing your daily chores or whatever this is a uh, an artist that you should probably have on your playlist um and yeah let's go ahead and jump into this conversation guys this is my conversation with Perenna. So to start things off, I will say I do start with the same boring ass question every time. And that's the simple introduction. So let's go around the, the chat since we don't have a room that we're in, but let's go around the chat and just, you know, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do in the band. And let's do a fun fact. Let's do a fun fact about each of you. All right. Let's kick it off this Smitty or Clark. I'll say front man go. <laughs> Well, me or Clark? What would you say? I'll go I'm, not a, I'm not a singer. I'm not, unless we uh, <laughs> changed some roles in the last time. We were <laughs> go ahead, right. my name's my name's James Smith. I go by Smitty. I am the vocalist in Perenna. I am one of the lyricists. Um, I contribute a little bit to the music here and there. Um, and a fun fact about me, let me see. Um, fun fact about me is I actually have the world's smallest pinky toe. Like it's, it's barely, it's barely a quarter of a pinky toe. I won't, uh, I'll spare you, but just believe me. It's, yeah, it's no, tiny. Right. Okay. Uh, that's my number two in flip-flops. <laughs> exactly. You could say I have four toes on each or maybe i don't know i got four toes on each foot and then like one toe split between each foot 
So like four and a half toes on each foot. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Follow that up, guys. Wow. <laughs> sure. So uh, name's Seth. I play guitar in the band and record the bass. Uh, any little other doodads in the studio? Um, fun fact about me is I have a couple of nieces and nephews that refer to me as Uncle Hoggy, which stems from a uh, attempt to join a family Kentucky bluegrass band called Jesse and the Hog Brothers. Uh, they are actually really good and really like some of this stuff's real funny. Um, but if you make it into the band and pass the audition, there's like 10 of them, uh, you pick up the surname Hog with two G's. And so I'm forever Seth Hog and all my friends' phones. And I'm Uncle Hoggy to their newborn. So the Hog Master in the house. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Um, so, yo, uh, I'm Clark. Uh, play the drums. Um, I guess just help out with the writing um, sporadically as well. Uh, and I guess fun fact here: uh, parents dropped me on my face, or my dad dropped me on my face as a kid, swinging me upside down. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> forever, forever that's after pitch plant for for a number of years. Awesome. I don't know how to segue out of that. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't know no, how to be normal, man. No, it's all good. I, and that's the, honestly why I do the the podcast the way that I do it is because like it, it's easy to put up the band persona, right? Like it's easy to put out the, the quote unquote band image, but like people want to know who you guys are. So like, why not have these ridiculous conversations? Um, and you know, let people see what what they're really getting into when they become fans of of a band. So um, let's let's do a little backstory on on how you guys formed. You know, you've been around for a few years now, um, but over the last you know the COVID years, as I call it, you've really started making your push, getting the uh, the music put together and defining your sound. For sure. Don't you uh, you guys start that out? Because you guys were there before I was. Yeah. So um, Clark, why don't you go to the Wayback Machine? Because you're actually the first guy in the lineup as it exists. First, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go uh, we had a, a Craigslist posting way back when uh guy we used to to play around with for a little while. Um and I think we just kind of kept pulling in members, you know, like friends trying to drag friends, kind of like auditioning stuff. So uh it was us then i think we had a i forgot how we found the singer actually now that <laughs> now this entire process of like who came when uh like hella blinking on but uh i think our player pulled in the first singer and then mm. time went on the first singer ended up having a baby and you know doing the dad thing and then that's when we pulled in smitty yeah go ahead clark sorry <laughs> Oh no no no! I mean, it was it was good because I, I I forgot how we knew uh, Johnny, who's the original singer. Um, and uh, after that, we kind of uh, down selected, so we just kind of got to our core group here. Um, then finally got in the, the studio. God, back 2019, I think summer. Um, yeah, I, uh, I recorded. Yeah, I, rec I recorded drums uh, two three days, and then uh, flew out to Cali, where I've been. Uh, left the boys out in Boston. 
Yeah, me and Seth. Um, Seth and I have known each other since high school. Um, and for for a while, me and him have just kind of been in, like, uh, band limbo, where we've just been hopping between different projects, helping other projects out. Um, I remember back in, like, the summer of 2018, Seth and I – try to get like get something going between the two of us um he had been telling me about this band he was jamming with in uh in brighton and um it just kind of it came became uh it was a nice coincidence that eventually he was his project was looking for a singer um and i like to sing so Seth decided to try me out and uh, came in and Clark gave me some harsh criteria to pass. And after a few rounds, uh, Clark liked me. So we uh, we went with that lineup going forward. <laughs> it, it took me a while. I didn't like him at first. And then very, yeah. very, he still doesn't like me. Work in progress. <laughs> it's still technically a new new relationship right you know it's only a few years old um so no like what's it like for people that maybe aren't necessarily on this side of the music industry you know for fans that that don't really play or anything like let's talk a little bit about the complexity of finding the right lineup because i think a lot of people just assume like oh you just find people that you gel with and it everything's golden and that's not the fucking case at all so what's it like yeah trying to figure that out holy shit man it took like <laughs> to find the right kind of it's like they it's kind of like whatever the cliche of what people tell you about, oh yeah one true love like it'll find you like this kind of found me like johnny the first singer was a kid from my hometown who I haven't spoken to since high school. He's been in and out of bands, and he's just like, hey, you know, like, I got this project going with these guys. I'm in on Craigslist. I promise they won't molest you. Come on in. Like, see what you think. And, uh, yeah, like, it found me, me and Clark. Like, we just kind of hit it off real real smooth. Um, Clark is a very hard man to impress. It took me also, like, three tryouts to pass his muster test. Uh, but, we, God damn it, we made it. We're here. I love this fucking company, baby. Um, <laughs> pardon me, French. But um, oh, all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've I've been in probably six or seven projects that some of none are, none are of note. So not not even gonna go there with that. They didn't work out. <laughs> so this is like the first actual recorded music that I was able to put out into the world, and I'm super proud of it. Happy that I finally found a group that we could tighten up with it was like a lot of verbal diarrhea but trying to get out. uh yeah i mean it just like it takes a while um finding finding uh like a good fit right i mean they had to be flexible this like kind of like plain i guess got forever since like sixth grade seventh grade i guess like in, in like sporadic gigs but i mean uh yeah i mean everybody just being bunch of kids are super immature kids don't know how to work together blah 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 so i mean you kind of have to i don't know almost like the the working relationships almost more important than just like even just like the quality of musicianship in it like to a certain extent um i mean so yeah i mean if dudes are like super easy to work with then i mean it's just more like you're more apt to kind of stick together anyway right yeah i feel like a lot of people 
um, when they start joining bands, like they're so focused on their own specific vision of what they want for a band, not necessarily what they want for the band they're working with. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just great that like, you know, once you, once you find the group of guys that kind of share the same vision as you and know that it's, you know, I, I guess know that it takes, uh, takes a bit of discipline and, um, uh, like planning <laughs> and structure to make something like this work. Uh, it's, it's really refreshing and it's feels feels good to know that like you have that support amongst your amongst your uh uh brethren bandmates whatever you, you want to call it yeah yeah i think uh you know one of the things that people don't really think about is like when you're doing that vetting process clark this is probably in your wheelhouse obviously uh but you know you're doing that vetting process it, it matters how serious, right like you want to take that next step and really put out authentic music, not just be a garage jam band. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like we're ready to take our next step. And if you're not on board, like, then what are we doing? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's kind of, kind of surprising or like two simple rules. Like one be like roughly disciplined, at least like enough to kind of advance like your, like the collective goal forward and two, just don't be a shit bag, but it's kind of, it's really, I mean, it's kind of like super surprising just like how hard how many shit bags are there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's surprisingly uncommon when you find someone who doesn't have a massive power trip going on or a crazy ego. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the three, the power trio that you got before you, like there's no competition. It's all collaboration. We're just kind of, it's very synergetic to get all corporate talk on you, but right. get synergy. But um, <laughs> and we have a good time with each other, so that helps too. It's always like a party when we hang out. So you got to be able to hang out with your bandmates too and uh, keep it fun. Yeah, especially you know as you guys move forward and tours and things like that start happening, like you're going to be spending you know days on the road and in vans, and you got to make sure you like the people you're around because those can get pretty toxic pretty quick. Not a lot of space in the tour bands. No, it's like if the no. smell is already working against you, you don't want to have attitude problems. Right. <laughs> you breathe in each other's air. Yeah, taking in everybody's oxygen. Blasting particles. Breathe it so much for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So um, coming you know, together the way that you guys did through Friends of Friends and Craigslist ads and things like that, how important is it? And again, maybe this is a Clark question since he kind of apparently was the the gatekeeper for the band of sorts. How important is it to make sure that, you know, you guys have the same desire for the sound, I guess, is the way that I want to word that. Like, obviously, starting a band, you don't know exactly what sound you're going to be, but you have to be somewhat in the same ballpark, right? I mean, like you have to be in the same ballpark, but I, I think we all kind of come from super different backgrounds, um, you know, between pop, punk, jazz, metal, like funk, like it's kind of like all over the place. So I don't, I don't even say like originally, and we, I don't, I still don't think we still do have like a kind of 
unified direction for that sound that we kind of want right like it's just like if somebody has a riff and it sounds good we'll just kind of fuck around with it and just kind of go from there i mean like i guess for the album too i mean i think that kind of comes through a lot because there are a lot of different sounds on it and i think that's kind of a, a testament like as long as you're willing to compromise and like try something out i think like that's one of the bigger important things for at least like that's that's why we've been able to kind of not kill each other uh over like three years yeah, yeah i definitely agree because like like clark said like we all were just very committed to what the three of us could put out i mean <clears throat> when we were writing the album like there was almost like no there was almost like no discord between like if somebody came with a certain song it wasn't like i don't know it wasn't like someone came with like a more heavier rock song and we were like oh that's not the vibe we're going for like we just kind of somebody would come with that heavier type of song or whatever input genre of song you want to put in there right um and we would just critique it to make that sound the best it could be within that sound because we were just all very collectively about making each other's uh skeletons that we brought in before everybody make it the best you know fully realized shape that we could i was going to say skeleton made me think of the analogy like a band is really a frankenstein monster right like everybody has these different parts that they're bringing to the table but at the end of it we're all trying to build the same thing right yeah, I mean, and I think that's, you know, this restressing personalities thing, like, you know, had had somebody been like super power trippy or like super egotistic there, you know, like as soon as you start to critique somebody's kind of work, you know, I've definitely seen in a lot of cases where just like that immediately breaks like super right. tank. So um, but everybody's been just like hella flexible with, uh, you know, take, taking something, even like breaking it down and then stripping it out to something new. And that a couple times too. Yeah, awesome. Um, so what was the the writing process like for you guys? You know, like you said, you obviously all collaborate and bring different things to the table, but like, is it the way that you guys songwrite for at least this album? Is it, hey, I've got, you know, lyrics first. Are we trying to build the song first and then find lyrics that fit? Kind of what's the, the policy for you guys in that? I mean, to this point, we've generally brought like riffs first. That's it, usually the case. Uh, Smitty usually has some lyrics on hand, and uh, we may we meet in the middle in places where he might have lyrics and maybe a song in his head. Um, we will like come together and try to shop that so that we can set a good rhythm for the vocals, and maybe I'll tweak things uh, musically on the guitar and in Clark's case, the drums. Um, so we'll kind of average it all out, but nine times out of 10, it's usually the music first. And then we start, uh, layering lyrics over top, but it has gone the other way as well. So, um, yeah, for this album, you, oh, my bad stuff. Keep going. Uh, my last comment, I was just going to say, usually we shop the shit out of like the same riff for like three hours until we settle on something <laughs> like that we like, and then we move on hold on more parts. All right. Off my soapbox. Your turn, Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for this album. Um, yeah. It, uh, I, um, 
in past projects, I've always been like somewhat of a guitarist, um, either a guitarist or a guitarist and a singer. And this was the first project I was going to be solely a singer. Um, so I got actually into, I listened to a lot of, a lot of different styles and subgenres of hip hop um, while writing this album. And I got in, I fell in love with the, um, the process of like having the, having the music already set to go and then seeing like what I could like listening back to it, putting it into, into logic or whatever. And then doing some demos, freestyles, whatever over the song and seeing what came out. Um, and it was really like exploratory and cool for me because I had just been so used to writing songs in the rhythm of the, like I would write the song in the lyrics as like I'm playing the guitar and like when playing the guitar, like you kind of restrict yourself to like the rhythms that you can control while also playing the guitar. Um, and having that element out of my wheelhouse uh, just opened up a bunch of different rhythms I could explore, a bunch of different flows and melodies I could explore. Um, so it was cool for me in that regard. But for um, like Seth was saying, this one we really um, we we took the we shopped out the music first, and then once we nailed down the tunes we liked and the, all we had the music body in place, um, we demoed it out. I took that recording and then started writing the lyrics over that. Smitty, didn't you try? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it, Seth. Uh, I was just going to say, Smitty, if memory serves, didn't you try out against some stuff that we had written with like a Trey songs or a, like you sang the lyrics of a Trey song? Like Jay <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. To it? I would. I think I. I think I. Um, I think off the world. I remember like first, like when I was trying to figure out the memory, the melody for that. I started singing like an Owl City song. Cause it was like very similar to one of the, one of those, uh, one of like the melodies he had written in those, but yeah, anything I could like find that would fit to the timing of the song. Like, I don't know if it was like a J Cole rap or if it was like an owl city song or whatever, whatever was in my memory banks of music that would fit over a certain composition. I would just throw over there trying to figure out the melody. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna say. I think it's interesting because I think so often people assume, especially people that don't play, assume that it's not as restrictive. Like you said, like when you're playing a guitar and trying to sing, your hands are doing something totally different than your brain, and like yeah, <laughs> the, trying to figure out the counts and everything, like it messes with you heavy. So you almost instinctively have to be like, okay. If I'm in this strumming pattern, that's where my lyrics need to flow too, because I can count it that way. But then right. you drop the guitar and it's like, oh, I have all kinds of space in this thing to to go run around with. Yeah. And this is why I'm not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no hate on drummers, man. Like I literally just talked to a band from Canada the other day, and we we talked up drummers heavily because for them to get lost right because you're at the back of the stage you're 
the baseline of the the song but like if you have a shit drummer it's kind of hard to recover from that so drummers are pretty important too they just don't get the love uh yeah i'll, I'll second that more more send more love more. <laughs> oh man those yeah. kids go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome so uh let's talk about kind of you know the the album as a whole you know it it really is a showcase type of album for you guys right like it's a debut and you kind of back to our point about not necessarily having a defined direction yet like there's a little bit of everything on this record and it gives you a lot of room for like the next ep or going into the next lp to say like look at kind of a sound that we have just be live, right uh can you repeat that sorry i just cut out a little bit oh you're fine i i said basically like with this being like a, a the debut album and being like a showcase you guys are basically just setting it up as a kind of look at the range that we have so that any future stuff it's like we we can go do the traditional alt rock we could also go do or whatever like there's a lot of versatility within this album. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I one comment there too. Like, I, I think it was almost like a little bit of a concern when we were like writing or finishing writing, like approaching the, the recording uh, to it. I'm like, oh shit! Like, are people going to be kind of like turned off? You know, for somebody using it for like the chiller pieces, like when they're like kind of listening like burden or something. Is that going to be like too out there and vice versa? Um, but. I don't, know. I don't i don't really know if there's any kind of like directional plans i mean it's just all kind of like what we're in the mood for writing at the time i think um yeah right i kind of like the flexibility it gives you freedom to do whatever you want to your point there josh and um yeah one of the positives that i take out of the debut is that everybody who i've talked to friends family or just randos that have listened to the album everybody has a different favorite song, which is a good thing to hear because there's something for everybody in the album. Like you're never going to be totally disappointed. That's my <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way. It's like, be a tagline of the album. You won't be totally disappointed. Shout that to my mother. <laughs> no, I mean, that is a good way to look at it though, because like, you know, there are so many bands that have pigeonholed themselves into they have to sound like one thing or else their fans are just going to shit on them and, and leave. And like with the versatility that you guys are showing in this album already, it's like, okay, you may not love everything we put out, but there's probably at least a song or two that you're going to be hooked into. Yeah, Absolutely. we, we like, I mean, the three of us got like a wide, crazy, music taste where genres definitely don't agree with every genre we like um but we like all those genres and um they all make up like our musical uh psyche if you will um so it's it's a as random as it is it's it's a true expression of us three as musicians or I don't want to say random, but I guess as uh, maybe as spread out as it is. It's diverse. I mean, it, 
yeah. it's not random like you're just throwing darts at a, a wall and hoping that you hit something. It's okay, we we love all sorts of stuff and it's gonna influence us. And I think it's cool that you guys let that flow in. Again, you're not pigeonholing yourselves. And you know, I've shown the album to a few friends as well. And every time, because everybody always asks, Well, what kind of music is it? I'm like I question. <laughs> I, it, it really is like on the general term sure alt rock or or just rock in general but i i started calling you guys vibe rock because like it's just a record you can put on put it in the background while you're working vibe out like you don't have you can pay attention obviously and get a lot of depth out of it but it's also not so in your face or like grabby in the the distracting sense you know like it can just be there and live do you mind if we steal Bye, that? Bro. Go yeah, for I might steal it. Can we steal <laughs> that? Go for that's it. That's genius. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get we'll, we'll, we'll credit you. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll for sure credit you, but that's genius. Vibe Rock. We have the same struggle as you. We don't know how to what to call ourselves. <laughs> like, oh, uh, Incubus, Avenged Sevenfold, the Snarky Puppy had a baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might sound a little bit like Dance Gavin Dance was the real father. Like... <laughs> Right. I mean, but it, and it's funny you throw out Incubus real quick because you've got the, the record scratches in is sticking out in my mind. And the second that my buddy at work heard it, he goes, Wow, who is this? Like, because I didn't tell him who you guys were yet. And he's like, I don't think I've ever heard this Incubus song. And I'm like, mm, it's not Incubus, but <laughs> like I, I get why you went there, but that's not what this is. It's funny that like those record scratches even appeared on that record because like it was kind of a it was like a joke like a last minute joke we brought up in the studio and our producer was like our producer was literally like sitting on the couch as we like brought this up and he was like all right hold on one second like hops off the couch runs up gets in his desk pulls up the freaking record scratches he's like what do you think of this stuff and then just plugs that in and we're like all right we don't hate this why not screw it we were just in such a, we were just in like, let's, you know, throw anything that, that we can in there type of mindset. And this one worked out, we think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely worked. And I mean, it's pretty high praise, right? To immediately be likened to Incubus just based on that. I'll take it. Shit. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> yeah. For a long time for me. So yeah. Anytime we get that one, <laughs> always happy about it. Yeah, awesome. Um, so let's talk about the depth of the record. You know, we've talked kind of on the surface level. Um, for you guys, you know, we've touched on how you kind of come up with song structures, things like that. How important to you guys are the the authenticity of lyrics, right? Like you're not forcing, okay, this song has to be about this and this is what we're going to talk about. You know, it's you're definitely not like a political rock band or, you know, anti-establishment by any means, but how, how important is it to you to stay authentic within your, your lyrics and the sound that you're creating? Um, it's like, I guess for me, when I write lyrics, like it's the most important thing for me is that I can relate to the emotion or the feeling that I'm trying to convey in the song. It doesn't necessarily mean that like myself, Seth or Clark, 
need to have like uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that like we need to have gone through like a specific scenario I may be describing in the song, but we need to have we need to know what the feeling is about in some capacity um, and just need to be able to articulate and express the emotion or the feeling um, in a way that's relatable um in a way that shows like you know we've we've experienced something along these lines um and i i it's not i don't think we're we're not necessarily trying to stick to any sort of script or anything like i don't i don't have like check boxes that i'm trying to mark off when i'm writing a song but um like typically the at least for like for this record um i would take so a lot of the most of the music came from seth's guitar like what seth seth had like skeletons like guitar melodies and whatnot um and he would shop that out to clark clark would come out with the drum beat and then together like they would have the basic song structure um from there like i would ask seth like hey what's going through your head when you play this melody or clark what's going through your head when you're playing the beast to this melody like trying to get a collective emotion from everybody in the band and then i would take that and i'll take all those into consideration listen to the music myself um and then whatever the music was kind of making me feel at the time um i would harken back to like a a moment in my life or Seth's life or Clark's life that I could, that we could relate to and that we could, that we could kind of feel and put a little bit of ourselves in the song. Um, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it does. I think, you know, it, it goes into, you know, the, <laughs> there, there's some bands out there that you can tell like lyrics were the afterthought because you've got this, like super sad song and it's like mm, the lyrics don't quite match the vibe that I get out of the music like what was happening here you know like maybe it was forced on a concept album or something that's like okay but but why are we doing this and I th I think that was kind of my point too with you guys is like it just feels like everything's coming very naturally at this point I mean, yeah yeah I mean a lot of the a couple of the songs you know that were kind of like I mean, it's a pre-written, um, I mean, super like deeply personal to, you know, to a few of us here. Um, and I think it definitely fit. I know there's something to, that, something to be said when it's like kind of like a, a funny contrast between, you know, like right. yeah, super dark lyrics to this like upbeat pop song kind of thing. But I, like I mean, say I think, anything back in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there, there's there's enough like, pers like personal attachment and like a meaning behind, behind some of these, um, songs that i was just yeah like it, it just contextually all fit together um and you know corny lyrics suck yeah. uh and it's just like not fun to listen to so um anytime like shit was like too too corny you know we'd try to veto it like <laughs> sooner rather than <laughs> before when he got too far down the whole t the whole self books chain <laughs> Unless you're on a level like Dance Gavin Dance, where you have lyrics like "Cocaine Christmas" coming out, and like, right. but like, 
you know? We're not there yet, but, I mean, I wouldn't rule out some craziness later. But um, I, I think, you know, the similarity that I can see, like, already with you guys to, like, Dance Gavin Dance is the love and and genuine joy that you get in playing. Like, they obviously love what they're doing and don't take themselves overly serious because they get to play music for a living. Like, how how serious is my job right now, you know? True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, we, oh, uh, we'll do that. Do that. Yeah. So, so at least me and me and Seth have been friends since high school, and we've uh, we played in a few music projects where we uh, didn't take ourselves seriously at all um, to the point of, like, Embarrassment? You know, yeah, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like that good middle ground right now because like everybody knows somebody who's like only throwing out jokes and that's the only connection that they kind of have. So, I mean, while it's a funny for a little bit, you know, if you can't connect to that person, uh, you know, it gets old after a little bit. So, I don't know. I think it strikes like a, a decent middle ground. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, I guess the, the real point there is like, you're you're still having fun obviously it's early in this band's career but like music is still fun where you know i was just talking to another artist and we talked about how so many people have been doing it for a while even though this iteration of this band is new you'll you all have been playing music for a while now and you've not gotten jaded where it's like hey, i guess this is what i'm doing you know like i don't i don't have anything else i'm good at like this is the only option so you know i think that's the the key is that it's still fun you guys still have a passion um and it's i think coming through on on muses where again you've got that wide variety of soundscapes and just the vibe that comes across where it's like okay cool like these guys are doing what they want to do yeah yeah i'll go ahead some you first Oh, okay. I was I, I just the. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think you have to hit the nail on the head. It's um, between all of us. Like, I mean, like, it's definitely like Clark. I know still like sends us Snapchats of him practicing drums every day, and Seth's, uh, you know, Seth's Seth's always shredding on on his like 75 guitars that he has <laughs> but it's just um it's just something like the creative vein is just something that uh exists in all of us to a point where like we could probably be 50 years old and still wanting still wanting to do this type of stuff because it's something it's our i don't know our expression or our ventilation of of what makes us us <clears throat> And I think the diversity there too kind of is a big kind of point of importance, right? I mean, if we were writing the same shitty kind of like pop top 40 kind of thing, like that would get pretty old pretty quick. Uh, yeah. you know, or not because people make a you know, buttload of money doing that. And, you know, it is a skill, but um, I don't know. I think that diversity across everything too, just like keeps it fresh enough where you know, it's always going to be interesting because I could always be a better metal drummer or a better, you know, whatever drummer. Um, as well, so it kind of forces sometimes forces you out of your comfort zone, and that's a good thing. 
Absolutely. I think what makes it very attractive for me, especially, is uh, there's a the right balance of discipline and fun. This is the first kind of group where we took it seriously enough, or at least in my experience, where we go in, practice is structured but not structured in the sense that we're going to go in and play music. If there's a riff we like, we're going to beat the shit out of that thing until we're either sick of it or we get it to a place where we like it and we think we can fit it in with something else. Uh, like we're just very kind of goal oriented to use corporate stupid talk. Um, like we just, we go out, we are like, okay, like we finally have like a rough cut of a song. All right. Now we're going to plan demos. Here's when the demos are going to come. We're going to shop this for two hours this day. And then we'll have an hour here for like whatever screw around time. Um, we're going to get it up to tempo and just rep the shit out of it, get a demo ready. Um, but somehow, even though we're, we're militant in that way like it doesn't feel like it because we're clowns like it's just <laughs> very well disciplined clowns like i just never seen anything <laughs> in my life yeah smitty will just come in with like a rando rap about smith's or Seth's shirt um like no <laughs> we're actually like still kind of just like jamming on a riff um trying to like solidify and like, you know, even something as stupid as that could like, end up like, kind of like leading a, you know, like putting your head in a different space where you're more creative for whatever reason. So um, even that kind of like that mix of jam band plus like structured thing um, is still super fun. I definitely get to sharpen my freestyle skills when Seth and Clark are jamming a shop and a song. I'm just sitting there with a mic like, <laughs> <laughs> But I think, you know, the, the cool thing with all that is, you know, it, like you said, you're, you're clowns, but you're militant enough to know, like, at the end of the day, we're still going to, to do this job. And I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier about finding the right group of people that know, like, this is what we want our next step to be. So, like, we're still all working towards that goal. Um, because I think, you know, so often garage bands with, with the easy side of the digital age out between soundcloud or you know spotify any streaming service it's easier than ever to get your music out there but like to come together and be like cool we're putting music out or we're you know putting music together but like what's the next step how do we book a show how do we get press on the album things like that you know you guys are working on figuring all that out as a, a diy band and you know, I've I've been in similar positions where I and say it's not a fucking easy task to say like we almost have to break the band up into okay, you're gonna run the social media. I need you to be email and PR. Like you have to all define job roles outside of the music up. Oh yeah, for sure. Seth is definitely the tax guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like to put it like this. Like, I'm probably the most, like, OCD. I need my, like, file structure on the Google Drive by date, alphabetical ass order. <laughs> Maybe, like, yo, we're going to throw some money at this advertising campaign. What do you think? <laughs> because, like, we have very constructive disputes, nothing nasty, of course, but, like, it's right. it comes out great when we're uh, setting up our PR or our advertising thing. Smitty generally takes the lead on like the marketing, social media stuff, and like we'll support. Um, like you know, we we all do a little bit of everything, but we have kind of like leads. 
Clark's like in the cloud. He's doing like all the, the he set up our website. Like he um, gets all the, uh, oh, Jesus, I'm slipping on my words here. Clark gets all the hard stuff done. That, like, <laughs> um, he does all that. Clark's, Clark's the Reddit um, warrior. Like tax, shipping and receiving and like uh, partnership compliance. Like we're, we turn the band into a GP and like trying to get legit enough so that we can you know, write some stuff off and uh, maybe, I don't know, do some things a little bit more orderly, like down the line, it'd be nice to go LLC if we end up like touring and, I don't know, Smitty decides to throw a mic at a fan or something, we can't get sued, I don't know. I'm not, for the record, I don't plan on doing that. (laughs) Now it's on the record, so you can't do it. Yeah, that's fair. yourself. Don't be afraid of the front row if you come see us play. <laughs> I, but but no, I think that's a great point. Like that's something a lot of people don't think about. You know, like at some point the band has liabilities, right? Like the LLC becomes a thing. Trademarking songs or you know designs and stuff like that becomes a thing at some point. And I think so often a lot of people are just like, eh, you know, it, we can put out shirts or whatever, and it's like, oh. Yeah, you can, but a lot more to it than that. Like somebody owes somebody money for doing that. Yeah, I think we know way more about the the Massachusetts and California tax codes, I'd say, than the average. <laughs> more than I care to care about. I tell you, you what, <laughs> I used to sell insurance, so let me just tell you. Massachusetts and California are both shit for insurance as well. <laughs> like the laws that they have are <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Just so, I, yeah, we, we agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Place so, sucks. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also, if you could not do the two state thing, I highly recommend against it. That complicates <laughs> a lot of shit. And if you're gonna do the two-state thing, don't choose California and Massachusetts. <laughs> Pick like Nebraska and like Delaware. Yeah, definitely yeah. Delaware in there somewhere. No, it, it is insane though. Like the the business stuff that nobody thinks about until you get to kind of the point that you're at and and moving forward. Where okay, we've got music out. It's starting to get a little bit of recognition. We're starting to to pick up a little more traction. Like again you know even just take the llc out of it things like that like how do we book you know how do we book a show how do we do a little three-day weekend i hate calling weekend tours tours but you know the little like weekend tour thing like what do we do for this process and the average person that's you know coming up through mom's basement or the garage or whatever like they don't think about these things until it's too late and then they go oh shit we booked shows and now we don't have a, a way to get there. Like we didn't think about buying a fucking van. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so many times during this whole process, we've just been like, Oh, so this is what the label's for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely had a couple of talks with like, ah, fuck it. Just like really just try to push for that. Or do you just want to like keep trying to figure it out? It's like, yeah, we, stand. we, we don't want to work. What is this? <laughs> It's like I see people like Tech Nine, the rapper, just killing it. Like owns his own label, he's his own boss, wealthiest underground guy, and he's having a ton of fun. And that's like 
what I have in mind for a role model as to where I'd like to see the band go is to be able to stand on its own legs and just kill it. But um, yeah, it definitely is tempting to go to the dark side at tax time. I tell you what, you know. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I talk a lot about labels on this podcast where like, you know, everyone has that that image, right? Like, ah, uh, he signed with a label, like now everybody else has their fingers in the pot and and things like that, which is true to some extent, but like there are some incredible labels out there. And I know you guys aren't bashing any of them by any means, but like there are some incredible labels out there that take care of everything on the back end for a band and say, you know what, go be yourselves. We'll figure out the business. And when you find that kind of partnership, it's incredible because now you just have to worry about putting out great music, going on the road and having fun. And somebody else is going, Hey, you know, last night you didn't cut us a check or you didn't, you know, make your deposit. Like we need that so that we can do the tax stuff or whatever. Um, you know, it, having the right crew around you is massively important. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So far we're seeing that left and right. Like we were very lucky. We got some really talented, good friends, like our producer. He's like, we've known him. We run in the same circles. He's from our area, but we got a lot closer throughout this process. And now we've got a nice synergy going with him. Same thing with um, the dude who does our music videos. One of Sanchez, 5X Films. Um, we got a, he's kind of like a member of the band in a way where we just kind of collaborate and settle, uh, on something that works for everybody. He's just very flexible, talented dude. Um, he's very easy to work with. You got a shout out Tommy too. Tommy Ionello, best with the Tommy. scratch tracks, <laughs> scratch <laughs> track wizard over here. Uh, but also, if, if Will Swan, if you want to uh, jump on board, give us <laughs> some of the creative talents as well. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I guess to, to your original point, um, I don't know, like, I, I grew up, uh, you know, just occasionally gigging drummer. Um, and, you know, hardest part there, like, wasn't the gigs. Like, that was easy. And it was just getting paid afterwards. Right. So that's that's non uh, non usual amount of effort actually just going in to make sure you get your check. And I think, you know, again, when you have a relationship like it seems like you guys have now, like it's a lot easier to ask for your cut of the money in this type of situation versus like what we were talking about earlier, where like you don't get along with the people. So now it's literally just a business transaction. I've right. seen a death fight over his 0.01% on. <laughs> 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 There's 0.00001%, and don't you forget. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot I, like stream payouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you. I'll let you know right now. We are exactly dollar dares or whatever you call people who make three whole dollars in a year on streams. Yeah. <laughs> but and that's something I try to talk about a lot on here, too, because I think the misconception, the huge misconception is, oh, you're – your streams are going well on Spotify, Apple, whoever. You must be doing all right. Like, streams don't pay shit, guys. Nope. Buy merch, nope. donate to the band, buy physical records, go see them at shows. That's where the money comes from. Yeah, no, like we're we're very much doing this because we love doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call it a hemorrhage. I call it passion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. 
common thing though. And I think that's why so many bands fail though, or give up on it is because they don't realize like, especially starting out, you're going to put in a hell of a lot more than you're taking out of it. Worry about it for some. And eat, you know, you're to write it off, baby. <laughs> you got to be ready to lose money, at least at the start. <laughs> I mean, like, even bands like Protest the Hero, right? I mean, like, do I, I love dearly, you know, when they ended up going to, like, doing their own, like, fundraising just because they, you know, made almost nothing after, like, despite all the touring, despite all the merch, right? Like, they were still just, like, breaking even after years and years and years of doing it and just killing it. So, yeah. Like, seriously, this, some of my favorite bands are, not wealthy off of music but like there's some of the some of those albums like are like part of my soul at this point like it's just such they're just either i don't know the lyrics are so raw and raw and relatable to me personally or i don't know but it's uh for me like this whole thing is kind of like wanting to do the same like whether whether this whether this project blows up or it doesn't, it's uh, it's a creative group that I love working in. Um, I think we make, or the songs we make, I love and I love hearing the sound of, and it feels good once the finished product is complete. And knowing that someone will at least get to listen to it, whether they like it or not, is good enough for me. Because it's just knowing that knowing that could potentially have the same effect on somebody else is very rewarding. And, and I never put this in the lyrics, many, but yeah, the, the process is the important, yeah. thing, right? I mean, please never fucking write that ever, but no, I, I mean, it's totally <laughs> true. listening to a lot of rap, man. Like, yeah, you know, shout out to doom, RIP, all caps when you spell the man name. <laughs> no, but I, I do a, think, so often people get caught up in the final end of the product and it's like okay but the process is where all the reward really is yeah for real especially with us like we didn't we aren't i don't before like we even got to recording this like we didn't know if like we didn't know if clark was even going to stick around at like because he had got a new job out in california and was like i'll help you guys record the album and then you know we'll go from there and then i don't know we decided that we actually wanted to keep it going but um like yeah like so much so much was just unknown in making the album we have today but it was all still like we all kind of had the same direction in mind, I think. I was really happy when Clark came back from going to get milk. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, I was going to say it, it was going to be pretty ironic if he like gatekeeped and, you know, okay, you're allowed in, you're allowed in. <laughs> By the way, I'm leaving. See you. Like, fuck off. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's def definitely not that. I had, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm born and raised in Cali. Um, so it was, it was ma making it back home, but, right. uh, didn't want to give this up so you know making them suffer through this whole uh discord and Zoom thing yeah the, the two state tax codes and all that <laughs> but I, I think that does show like your your dedication right like that means that again this isn't 
you guys are at the early stages, but this isn't a money grab for you. It's not like I'm going to do this because it's, it's my way of making money and fuck everybody else or whatever. It's like, no, this is what I'm enjoying doing. And these guys have a similar vision to me. They have the right vibe. Like we want to put something out. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I mean, trying to, uh, I try to keep Clark as happy as possible. (laughs) The most talented drummer that I've ever worked with. Just like the chemistry the three of us have, like, by all accounts, like the more, the longer I can keep this man interested, the happier I'll be because then I'll get to be able to put out quality content. Same yeah, goes. For I try to. Well, he's at least in the state. I was gonna say I try to piss off Clark and Seth like professionally. <laughs> I feel like that's just gonna, it's gonna brew into some secondary uh, greatness somehow. Yeah. I don't know, with it through their anger, they'll come up with some sick riffs or drum fills or whatever sounds like it's like a like a little brother complex that you have right like <laughs> oh 100 percent. i'm the young i'm the youngest child and and they hate me it's great uh, i mean clark's like 50 this year Smitty's turning 18 so like they get the dynamic going oh <laughs> uh, yeah next, next album like watch out for all that teenage angst coming out again Hey, you know, MJ, uh, I can't talk. MGK is doing it. So like, why not? Right? Like, (laughs) fuck it. It's hot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, we we don't have to get into that whole. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's do, as we kind of wrap up here um, for you guys, we've talked a lot about the album Um, I don't like getting super detailed into specific songs because I don't like taking away somebody's connection that they make with it. Right. Like we all connect with different songs and it may not be the way that the original songwriter intended it. So I don't want to take away the meaning of, of any song. That's why I've not asked you to like deep dive into anything. Uh, But what I do like to do, especially like on a debut album, I'm a big believer that the album is arranged the way that it's arranged for a reason. So I say minimum, the first two times that you listen to an album, it should be start to finish. Um, The first time is just to get the general feel of it. And then the second time is to listen through. But if somebody is going to be an asshole and is just like, nope, I just need to know what song they think is going to to reel me in. And I know it's going to be different for each of you. Which song do you think is the like, hey, here's our hook? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody hates this question. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Clark? Which one is the yeah. hook? Yeah. Clark, I mean, that's all you. I, I, <laughs> I guess I, I, you, I, you start us off. I mean, it's like yeah. personal favorite. And it's because I, I really love the band Caspian. And it was the song was named Caspian for a long time. Uh, I go, was it Here Comes the Weather? Is that the, what we ended up with naming the, yeah. the name? Yeah. I think that's the right. name. Yeah. For a song, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it really all, all of them are really fun, but I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever reason, I think like the the main when we were writing it, uh, the the riff stuck out the most in my head. I'd say that that song is 
like I have a different answer than you, but I can see why you would pick that because that song is kind of like a summary of the album in a way. Like I feel like there are pieces of every song, like uh, elements in that song. So you can kind of sort of get a pulse in the beginning, but nope. Um, I don't know. For me, I'd say like there are like a handful of songs that like are definitely deeply personal to me on the record. But if like somebody's gonna like throw a dart and say that is muses right there, I don't know. I, I kind of like Keensay for that. Mm. I like Dancy, just like out there, different, but like not so. It's got a very straightforward chorus, but some really interesting bits uh, woven throughout. So uh, it's um progressive but digestible to get gross uh a little yeah. bit but you know i do love your layer your tar line i think it's <laughs> awesome when you sent me that super super stoked yeah that was a fun i one. think i think for me uh just since they chose one and two um for me it's off the world um more so because I think that was the song that uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that was the song where, and you you two correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that was the song where we were most challenged um, musically between the each of us because it was so unique in its own right. Like, uh, I think it's the only it's the only song in the album that doesn't have like a real like verse chorus set up. Uh, yeah. And like, I just loved how that song came together too, where like Seth had this, Seth had this like solo guitar riff that we just kind of broke out and spread out to a whole entire song. And, um, like it was so like Seth said, linear and Clark had to come up with a, linear drum beat where like no section repeats itself um it was weird for me like writing the lyrics because like i had always been used to writing the verse chorus verse chorus set up and um i don't know like that one for me was the most abstract and um challenging i guess out of all the songs so for anyone that's listening to this that hasn't checked it out yet, that was song one, two, and three in that order. Um, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, yep. Web style. <laughs> hey, it works. No, but I, I do think it's cool that, you know, I knew you'd all have slightly different answers, and I, I love that it's for very different reasons, too. Um, and I, I think looking at the, the song list, the, I think the one that stuck out to me the most um is probably burden um and i don't know exactly why either it's just the song that like i gravitated towards in kind of in that initial listen through like i said the first listen for me is always like the vibe check like okay you know where's it where's it pick up where's it slow down that sort of stuff like what should i be paying attention to and then the second playthrough is actually paying attention to everything um, but yeah, burden for some reason is, is the one that sticks out this like, yeah, that's, that's a good example of what they do. Yeah. That one was feel that way. So we structured the album in like order of elevation in terms of emotional peak, uh, and emotion conveyed. And so 
the whole album takes you kind of I'm, I'm like reversed here but uh on a ride where you know you're going up and like burden is like your climax of emotional intensity and then we kind of wanted to give you a breather but like a nice sweet downlift like with murals and uh flicker towards the end there ride you out into the sunset nice um so that's probably like the apex of intensity for the album and um it's cool that you grabbed on that one too we like Shout out to our boy Nick Martin, killed it on the uh, second verse and bridge there. Um, yeah, he's an awesome vocalist, local guy from Boston. Uh, Paul does ass in here. He's he also feature shit. Yeah, he is a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not gonna let. <laughs> now that one, that song though was like that was de- that felt good to hear the final product of that song because. Um, it was just such a, it was a project within a project. Um, like it, it definitely, when Seth first presented Burden to me and Clark, um, it wasn't in the shape that it was in now. And we, we spent a lot of, a lot of, uh, brain power on that one. Just making it, making it hit the way it hits. It was a burden to get right. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, that's really everything I've got for you guys. So what would you say ideal, picture perfect 2022 as, you know, we move into, I'm in the Midwest, so spring supposedly is here, but it fucking snowed yesterday. So I don't, I don't believe that shit. Uh, but, you know, as we move into spring and summer, uh, what's kind of the the feel for you guys? Like, what's the vision for you know, the steps. We've been taking it like week by week for the most part. Um, you know, we want to, we definitely want to get the live shows thing going pretty soon. Um, get old Clarky boy back out to the uh, East coast and maybe get me and Seth out to the West coast. Cause Smitty's never been out there. Um, live. but, yeah, for the three of us, you know, we just want to keep continuing to, I think we all recognize that we have a lot of um, creative juices that we need to get out, and um, we first want to display and support this record we just put out, um, and get that, get that in the, get that in the books so that we can see what happens the next time the three of us get in the studio or get in the jam spot together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully filming an acoustic piece coming up pretty soon. Um, uh, hopefully make it out to play that stupid drum box thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, then we, Smitty said, you know, flying out for a couple of weeks, just uh, both just like drilling songs, shopping new ones, prepping, you know, or doing shows for the in support of uh, murals. Muses, excuse me. Muses, muses, muses. Murals was the original name of the album. We opted to take, you know, not be those guys and name it off a track. So, muses. Yeah. Um, we felt muses were more appropriate for the just, you know, the uh, sporadic nature of the album multiple muses came into the mix (laughs) yeah i was gonna say clark i i don't i don't personally know a single drummer that likes those fucking drum boxes 
Every drummer I know hates those things. No, when we picked it up, I was just I was glaring at Seth the entire time. <laughs> oh Where's yeah, my mini kit. Weeks last summer, and we were trying to shop a few things while he's up. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get you one, and it's gonna sit in my apartment for when you're here. That's where you can sit when you eat at my kitchen table from now. On. <laughs> <Your seat. laughs> I I luckily don't play drums, so I don't have a, a say either way. But I've got a buddy, and he exactly like you on that. Like his wife was like, well what if I got you one of those drum boxes for Christmas one year? And he's like, I'll fucking divorce you. That's what'll happen. I, I, I hope you get a free drum. It was awesome. Uh, so that's everything, guys. I'll obviously link all your socials and everything. And again, I really appreciate you all getting together to, to do this as a, a whole group. You know, it's, it's awesome talking to individuals, but like when the whole band's in, it, it's a lot more fun um but yeah where where can people find you guys on social media like what can they expect what's what's you know next for you in that space so we're at perenna official everywhere um instagram twitter tiktok uh youtube we're just perenna i think um uh we have our website where you can get our everything pretty much see our music videos buy our merch <clears throat> um that's perennaofficial.com um and we definitely have some more stuff on the way um in the very near future and in the uh not so near future but yeah we'll be we'll be staying busy for sure again i appreciate you guys time and you know this has been a super fun conversation for me so um you know i i Let's really think you know not blowing smoke up your ass like like i said earlier i think this is a great like debut showcase of hey you know we're quote unquote alt rock or rock vibe rock as i'm calling vibe it. rock that's what we're uh, doing yep <laughs> you know like, heard to hear josh first yeah <laughs> so you know it like sure you you can put that label on us but like there's so much depth to this album and I really hope that people take the time, give it at least two full listens and figure out like what songs you like and what kind of direction to look for. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for taking we certainly appreciate all the time that you afforded us to be able to talk. It's been just as fun for us to, you know, shoot the shit with you and uh, to give us this forum. So a huge thank you to you for hosting. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, dude, so, this was a blast. Great conversation. Awesome. Well, <laughs> keep putting out, yeah, putting out good shit, and we'll we'll keep having these conversations. Um, <laughs> it looks like I've got you guys slated to go live on April the thirteenth, so for your episode. So I'll get with Hope. I'll get you guys the links, all that sort of stuff too. But your episode will be live. Perfect. Thank you, man. We appreciate it so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take it easy, man. You too. And that was my conversation with Perenna. Um, As always, hope you guys enjoyed that. But also, be sure you go over, show them some love, uh, check out their debut album, 
That would be huge for the guys. You can find it on any of the streaming platforms that you use. You can find it uh, through their social media, on their website, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, but yeah, it's called uh, Muses, M-U-S-E-S. Um, it dropped just a couple weeks ago as of the time of this recording. Um, and, you know, again, it's something that I'm calling Vibrock, and I think it's a, a really good assessment of what the the musical styling is, and I think, you know, you guys are going to enjoy that, um, especially on those days where you're just trying to semi-chill, but still have some, some emotion and some... Um, some energy levels brought in. So go check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, be sure, as always, to follow the guys. Their social medias are linked in the description of the podcast. Um, and yeah, that's everything for, for that. So uh, be sure you like, share, subscribe the podcast um, to your friends, to yourself, all of that. Uh, and if you're not already following the Musicians for Mental Health podcast, you probably need to be. Um, it would be a huge help to me, but also there's some really cool conversations going on over there, and season two is getting ready to kick off. We're kicking that off on May the 2nd. will be the first episode of season two. We have some really cool guests lined up. Um, we talk about some really important topics, um, you know, and it's something that is very near and dear to me, uh, and I think a lot of you can relate to many of the stories that are, are told throughout this podcast, so um, again, that would be a huge help as well, uh, and that's everything, guys. That's all I've got for you this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are subscribing, sharing, you know, telling your friends about the bands that you discover on here. Um, and making sure that your friends are aware that there's cool shit out there. So, uh, as always, guys, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. <laughs>